Hi, friends. Welcome to Deep Dive, my brand new podcast born from a desire for critical thought, vulnerability, and awareness. I'm your host, Dana Falsetti, a thinker, a writer, a yoga teacher, an activist, an authenticity agent. Each month, you'll hear from me and my guests, ranging from iconic disruptors to everyday people, all candidly sharing our personal experiences on topics ranging from sexuality to social justice and consciousness to capitalism. Deep Dive is a space to tackle hard-hitting questions and controversial topics in a raw, empathetic, and curious way. And it's my space to rant and ramble freely, no holding back. Let's dive in. Hi, all. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the super amazing Alex L. with me. And she is someone I've been following on social media for quite a while, and we've been interacting over the years. I've been on her podcast, and she's got some new and interesting things going on in her life, and I want to talk to her about them. So, hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. How are you? I am doing super well. How are you? I'm doing good. You have Um, a new addition to your life. We do have a new baby girl. She's a month old, and it feels like that month just flew by. Um, but yeah, we, we have some new stuff going on around here, and it's been so great. It's been a great month for us. That's so exciting. I feel like it's gone by really fast, too. And I'm not yeah. even, I'm not there. But, you know, and I've been checking in and out because I know you've been fairly private about your pregnancy and birth and all of that so far and in how much you wanted to share. And I've kind of been checking in and out, and I saw that you had the baby, and then I was checking in the other day and I was like, oh, my God, it's been a month because I saw your post and it's just wild how fast time flies. I know. I so, know. It's crazy. Yeah. So we were chatting or I, we were emailing the other day and I asked you what you wanted to talk about because I like to just bring people on and let them sort of share about whatever's resonating with them. And you mentioned this sort of assumed false fragility of women sort of directly related to pregnancy and maybe being public on social media with your pregnancy. So I'd love to just hear what your thoughts are. Yeah. So um, I'm actually really glad that you asked me what I wanted to talk about because it's so crazy being a podcast host myself. It's like I'm always, you know, interviewing people and asking them questions. And it's really nice to be able to have somebody ask me, so what do you want to talk about? Because a lot of times I have a lot to say, but I don't get to say it. Um, So with that being said, I have learned so much about birth this time around. Um, I have a 10 year old and my birth with her and just my experience in motherhood with her was very different from how it is with Isla. Um, So with pregnancy this time around and birth, it's really interesting how people treat women. When I had my first daughter, I was 18. Fast forward, now I'm 28 and in a completely different stage in my life. So some of the things that maybe um, came up when I was an 18-year-old mom, um, it didn't resonate or sink in as much as it has being a almost 30-year-old mom. So a good example would be um, during my pregnancy, everybody was just telling me to to rest and to not do much and to, you know, take it easy. And I was going to have all these, you know, qualms with pregnancy. And that just wasn't the case for me. Um, 
at all. I'm not saying I was out here running marathons. I was definitely (laughs) (laughs) diving into my self-care, but um, I was also still living my life. And pregnancy doesn't debilitate women. Um, It does some, unfortunately, you know, for health reasons. But as far as us just carrying life, it doesn't mean just because we're carrying life, everything else has to stop. And that was the messaging I was getting. And it was very strange. Um, Very, very strange. So I used to talk with Ryan about it all the time. That's my husband. And I was just like, why do people treat me like I'm fragile? Like I'm going to break. Because I'm not. Right. (laughs) So, so that was interesting and I'm still, you know, navigating and working through that because it's, it's, it's definitely something that's become almost normal. Like if you're pregnant, you, you're automatically, you know, breakable or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, and I even think about, as you have me thinking now just about a birth and how we approach that and Mm -hmm. being hospitalized and like, it's an ailment, like you're Mm -hmm. ill with something or you Mm -hmm. need all of this assistance when in fact it's this very natural process and women have been pregnant and giving birth since the beginning of time. Right. And it's, yeah, it's so interesting to me, the sort of false fragility, the assumed false fragility of women. I'm curious, who were you mostly hearing from who people who were telling you to rest and take it easy? Was it like other women mostly? Was it other mothers? Um, It was other women um, mostly that were older. So that mm-hmm. says a lot, you know, the, you know, generation, generationally, generationally, yeah. um, <laughs> things are different and, and men mm-hmm. too. Um, I actually had, I actually, towards the end of my pregnancy, I had to go take my car in to get serviced and I took an Uber back home and the Uber driver, you know, this, lovely Indian man. He was very nice. He had what, like, I think he told me he had like four or five kids. And, um, he was like, um, you're, you're, you're out and about. I said, yeah, you know, I'm due in about a week and I have to get this done before the baby comes. And he goes, is it safe for you to be out this close to your due date? (laughs) And I actually told my midwife that, and she was like, what do people think? The end of the end of pregnancy, you just stay in the house and you can't do anything. I'm like, yeah, people think that. And I don't know why people think that, but it's definitely something I've heard from both men and women. And um, to be completely honest, I was actually a little bit nervous throughout the pregnancy. And the first reason is because my husband and I suffered a miscarriage two years ago. So I was already had this, had this hyper like sensitivity and like hyper awareness about my body and about, um, you know, the possibility that loss can happen. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if if, if it's in the first trimester, the second or the third, it can happen. And that was always in my mind, right? So a part of me had to kind of smack away that idea of, okay, I have to treat myself really delicate. So nothing I do causes this Mm. baby not to come earth side. And, um, you know, I I had to check myself because while that's a real feeling, you can't walk through life in fear and you can't walk through life in a way that, um, is going to rock your daily routine. And, um, it was just it was just really tricky and I forgot where I was going with that because pregnancy brain is still a thing even though I'm postpartum. <laughs> um, <laughs> but with as far as other women oh, okay. So yeah. I had a lot of friends who were um, who had really traumatic pregnancies and traumatic births. Mm. And that was scary because while every woman is her own, 
we're never alone in our struggles or our journey. So whatever happened to one of my girlfriends could have happened to me, sure. right? So I was also hyper aware about that. So it's just all about balance and mm. not only not letting other people treat me as if I'm going to break or if I'm, you know, while I am, I was carrying precious cargo, I wasn't this, you know, glass doll, right? And I also had to remember that for myself, like I cannot yeah. just walk through this pregnancy being scared the entire time because I was even in birth, like it, I was scared that she just wasn't going to, we weren't going to be able to keep her. And, um, that was something very interesting to navigate specifically, you know, pushing out a nine pound baby and thinking, what if we don't get to keep her, you know, and yeah. it's real, it's a real fear for well, sure. And that's the thing. It's like the fears and the anxieties and the stress is real. And all of those yeah. things are very real. It's just how much you choose to focus on it. But then it becomes so easy to focus on it more when everybody else is also projecting that onto you. And that can right. be said about this and that can be said about all sorts right. of different situations. And especially when you're so public and you have so many people following you, you have a lot of noise around you. And so right. it becomes, as I'm sure you know very well, you have to get really in tune with like what you really need and right. what you're able to do, you know, and right. women are strong and no doubt, yes. no doubt mothers are strong. And so it's really funny. You said, I don't know why. And I was like, you know what? That was that would be my next question. What where does it come from? This constant like you need help, you know, and just right. women in general. And then on top of it, when when you're pregnant or when you're visibly, you know, there's some sort of visible. Oh, let me extend this help yes. and support. And yeah. It's just such an interesting thing. And then the difference between that extension of help and what it actually means to be supportive of right. someone's personal autonomy. And those two things are super different. Right, right. Um, you know, I've been trying to figure out what is it because, you know, even when I wasn't pregnant, you know, it's just it's yep. always this hyper extension of let me be there for you. And that's fine, right? Like I'm I'm totally down for being supported. I'm not anti-support. But what I am anti is when people like you were saying project their insecurities or shortcomings onto me and then in turn onto my femininity. That's mm. kind of bizarre. Um however, like I've had this conversation with my husband because <laughs> He, he was kind of, you know, guilty doing the whole fragile thing. I had to tell him a few times, babe, I'm not, I'm not going to break. Yeah. I, I'm okay. You know, I can take out the trash. It's okay. I can, I can bend down and get that right now. In a few months, I may not be able to, yeah. but right now I can bend down and get it. And then I'm big on like, I like, it's hard for me to ask for help. So I can relate. During my pregnancy, <laughs> I had to ask for help a lot, and but I wanted it to be on my terms. So my husband would jump whenever I needed, I it, whenever it looked like I needed something, he was jumping like, "Babe, I got it, babe, I got it." And I said, "I will ask you mm. when I need help." And he would be like, "Just let me help you." It's like, "I, you can help me. I love you, and you can help me, and you can support me. But please don't treat me like I'm gonna break in half because I'm not. I can right. bend down and put my sock on right now. Okay, right. I got it." <laughs> yeah, well, and I think that that I have to help you thing, and that can come from 
your husband, someone who's super close to you or right. from some random stranger on the Internet. But sometimes, you know, I think that's where it starts to get wrapped up in. It's like I have to be the one to give the advice and I have to be the one to help because I care or because it's sort of self-fulfilling. But that's such a different thing and can be innately disempowering to constantly be extending that kind of help when really you just need to be supported in in your own power. And exactly what you said, I will ask when I need help. And that is innately self-empowering. Right. So it's just such a different it's just such a different approach is so interesting and and exactly what you're saying about femininity and then it's I start to wonder you know what if someone who is not overtly feminine right right is right. that does that person get interacted with differently as a pregnant person it's just so right. interesting how right. um gender is perceived and fragility and how all of these things intersect so yeah. i want to ask you also about boundaries which yes, is something i was about to use the b word Yay. I was just about to use it. <laughs> it's something that you talk about all the time and i love your posts about it and i've watched your boundaries on social media with your pregnancy and i would love to hear where your head is at yeah so boundaries is my favorite word and it is my you know how pantone has the color of the year So boundaries is my word of the year for 2018 because it is so important, specifically in this day and age, to set and respect our own personal boundaries. And being someone who's public on social media, which to me just sounds so strange, but that it is what it is, who has the platform with, you know, that we have, um, we are always open to getting advice, um, snapbacks, um, mean comments or DMs or boundary comments or DM like, like boundary crossing comments, messages, emails, etc. Yeah. And when I got pregnant with Isla, I decided that this was not going to be a social media pregnancy. And the reason being is I know what it's like to have a kid before social media really took off. And I didn't have my oldest daughter, whose name is Charlie. You know, it wasn't a social media pregnancy then. So it's definitely not going to be one with this one. And with that said, I know what it's like to be um, on social media and be triggered. So I mentioned that my husband and I had a miscarriage two years ago. And I remember being triggered at all the damn baby posts and pregnancy announcements and just everything was just making me crazy because it's like, you know, while you're happy for other people and yes, they should stand in their joy and they should not silence their joy for someone else's, you know, liking. Um, but I just know how that made me feel. And I know I had a lot of women who were trying to conceive a lot of families, men and women alike, um, trying to conceive and were having a hard time or they had suffered a loss. And it was, you know, I didn't want to rub my pregnancy in their face. And that's just me being mindful and conscious um, about other people's feelings. And no, I didn't have to, you know, set that boundary or, you know, operate in that way. But I wanted to, I wanted to share bits and pieces of my pregnancy without it becoming 
the pregnancy page. You know what I mean? I wanted to um, share bits and pieces of my pregnancy, but share, you know, the real fears and trauma after, after losing a baby and then getting pregnant again and walking through pregnancy after loss. That's a completely different experience than walking through pregnancy and never having experienced loss before. Mm. So I wanted to make it a real experience when I did share, but I didn't want to oversaturate my platform with um, pregnancy stuff. And I wanted to set a boundary that this this baby is our baby. This is not Instagram's baby. This is not Alex L's platform's baby. This is me and Ryan's baby. Yeah, <laughs> and you're we're real gonna people. Operate, <laughs> right. <laughs> we're going to operate in a way that um, is beneficial for us and makes sense for us. Yeah, abso- absolutely. And not only, you know, I think now I'm thinking about how, you know, we see a pregnant woman and it's like, that becomes the identity. Yep. yep. And and you you are your own person. You are your yep. own woman and you happened yep. to have been pregnant. <laughs> yes. But it's not who you are. It's right. just a part of your experience at the time and I I hear you loud and clear with, you know, what you saturate your social media with or your life with in any way is sort of how right. people start to perceive, you know? So if you right. were to sort of put all of that out there, then that's, it gets so wrapped up in who you are when in reality, no, you're Alex L and like you're a writer and you have all of these amazing things to share and you're so much more, even though it's right. this beautiful part of your experience, you're so right. much more than just this pregnant body. Right. Right. And, you know, it's so crazy that you said that because that's another thing I had actually talked to Ryan about. I was just like, I don't want because people were so excited for us, number one. And that was just beautiful, that outpouring of love from people who've never met us um, and people who have been journeying with me and my books and my work and workshops and et cetera for years. And they're able to see, you know, me carry life and give life. It was beautiful to have, you know, people praying for us and loving on us from afar. I'm not going to take that away from anybody. We loved that. We appreciated that. But I also, just like you said, didn't want this pregnancy to become who I was, you know, um, all all in all, specifically because I use social media to um, share my work and connect with my readers and share bits and pieces of my life. But for the most part, it's a platform for me, Alex L, the author, not Alex L, the mother, the wife. You know Mm. what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff is extra. But the core of me having a social media is for business and um, is to connect with people who read my work. So I was very nervous to oversaturate with pregnancy and things like that because I didn't want that to become my identity, just like you said. Um, And also backing track to uh, boundaries. um, A lot of people like to give advice when they're not qualified. And (laughs) I didn't want anyone to give me advice about my pregnancy. I didn't at all. And, you know, for the most part, people really respected that. But I had a few people who crossed boundaries and I had to um, either, you know, block them or answer their DM and say, hey, this really isn't appropriate. You're not my midwife or my OBGYN. I would really appreciate not giving me unsolicited advice. So it's just a lot when you're navigating through social media. I mean, you know this. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. And, well, it, and it's funny because, yeah, I mean, I struggle too, but it's funny because you're talking about this in terms of social media and I hear you loud and clear. And I'm also over here thinking like, 
okay, but even if you're not on social media, people do this shit all the time. Where yes, they do. They just yeah. give unsolicited advice, especially surrounding things like health and wellness, yeah. where people adhere to their own ways of doing things or they've had their yeah. own experiences and then they start projecting those things onto you. And yeah. it's so it's hard to navigate in person with people you know, and it's hard right. to navigate with strangers online. Yeah. I find that it's hard. You know, for me, um, I find that it's hard, harder for me to navigate it online because it's so much noise online. Like we can log off, right? And it's so much easier to just log off and not have to deal with it. But I hear you when you're like, people will, will, will give you advice in the grocery store, yep. but you don't know. So it's not like it's unavoidable, but I feel like it's just not as amplified for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's tricky, too, because unsolicited advice is never good advice. And setting those boundaries is hard to it's hard to do. It took me a long time to set boundaries. And with, you know, social media being such this big thing now, you know, like everybody's on it, everybody's doing it, it feels like. And it's just so over the top. And I've actually considered, you know, deactivating and just disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. And I think, you know, I think any self-aware <laughs> individual with a large following probably feels like that in and out, uh, you know, as time goes on, because it certainly can get overwhelming. So how how has this changed, if it has, what you are doing with Alex L.? as a platform or where your head is at for sort of moving forward? Or is there anything specific that has come from this that, you know, has just sort of changed the path? Do you mean um, come from birth or yeah, birth or the pregnancy or just how this mm. was different from before or just any new insights? You know, um, that's so funny that you've asked me that because I was while I was pregnant, I was waiting for some magic to happen creatively. Mm. And I just knew that once I was pregnant, because it took me and my husband a while and it was a struggle for us, um, I just knew that I would have this spark of creativity and all would be well. And that shit didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> I, um, I did have to turn inward a lot. And... That, I think, is what gave me the realization once, you know, I had Isla um, that I wanted to do something different. So me turning inward through my pregnancy, giving birth was a transformative experience for me. It was extremely spiritual and and primal and um, intense. And then once Isla made it Earthside, I um, was like, oh, my gosh, I love her. And I want to do something different with my life creatively. It just hit me. And I was like, oh, it took 10 months for me to figure out, you know, what I want to do. And outside of writing, of course, which I'll always be a writer and I'm always going to put out books. I really want to start engaging with people more in person um, outside of just my self-care sessions that I host Um I want to have one-on-one -on -one community building experiences with people. So with that said, starting next month, 
I will begin uh, life coaching services and really trying to help people um, hone in on their self-love, self-care and self-worth. And I want to help women um, feel supported and I want to give them a voice and I want them to recognize that they have their own answers. I feel like with social media and with life in general, we look for outside answers instead of turning inward and finding them within. And I think that's a big part of the journey because even with a therapist, a life coach, a meditation teacher, a mentor, a yoga instructor, those people don't have our answers. They can help us pull our answers out of ourselves, but they can't give us our answers. And I think that's important for women to know and to own that we are strong enough and powerful enough to be our own validation and be our own voices and truth. And that is the next step for Alex L. Um, that is the next step for my career. I'm actually working on um, a new self-care journal that I hope will encourage people to dig deep and find their voice through writing and um, be more present, you know, and really put pen to paper and, and, and figure out who they are by themselves because it's possible. You just said that with such conviction. I'm over here just like nodding my head and just, <laughs> and just I'm like, yes, yes, preach, preach, preach. And I'm obsessed. I mean, you know, I'm obsessed because that's everything you just said is what I love. And and I for me, I, I call it the toolbox of resources yes. that I cannot. I tell my students in my workshops all the time, I cannot empower you. You cannot come to me for empowerment. If anything, yeah. I can give you these tools, right? And that's what you're doing too. And then you have to self-empower from there. Anything yeah. that's not that is the external validation and is in turn innately disempowering, at least over yes. time. So yes. I love that. Thank you. And you sound and that, excited and you sound inspired. I'm Oh my gosh, I'm fired up. Um, I'm fired up. Yes. I'm so fired up. And, you know, I um, I was nervous about this, Dana, because I am socially anxious. I'm an introvert. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so crazy that with the work that I do, I'm forced to be in the front and I'm forced to open my mouth um, and I'm forced to, at the end of events, go home and hide under the covers and just take a deep breath because I'm, I can be so drained. Yep. But Ryan told me last week, he said, um, I want you to stop hiding from your ambitions and silencing what you're capable of doing. Because for so long, I'd be like, I don't want to give a keynote speech. I'm too nervous. I'm too this. I'm too that. I don't want to, you know, I don't I don't want to have a book signing with 500 people. I want a book signing with 10 people or 50 people so we can we can hug and talk and build community. And either or I can do either or. And I was limiting myself because of fear. And I think that a lot of people look at people like you and I and think they have it figured out. They have the answers. They're fearless. They are fearless and they can do it all. And I'm here to tell everybody I'm not always fearless. I can't always do it all. And sometimes it's just as hard for me as it is for everybody else. And um, I want people to like put the, the human back into connection and 
community because at the end of the day, just because someone has a large platform or because they teach yoga or because they write books, it doesn't mean that they're more advanced in their life walk than someone else is. And I think that that's what this life coaching is really going to help other people realize, specifically people who feel like I'm untouchable or that I'm unreachable mm. because they're going to be able to sit down with me and see me face to face and um, and interact with me in a way that they haven't been before. And I haven't given people the space to do that because I've been nervous, because I'm an introvert and I rather not. <laughs> and because being socially anxious is really, really difficult for me. But I have to face my fears and speak my truth and spread my light because that's what I was put on this earth to do. I wasn't put on this earth to hide behind writing books and giving people projects and then retreating. You know, I really want to be able to build community in a way that feels real and tangible to people. That's amazing. And I could not be more supportive. I cannot wait to watch everything that you do and you putting yourself out there like that. That's what I need to see, too, because I am as hermity and as introverted as you are. And I need to see other people and I need to hear it, too. You know, and I'm sure everyone who's listening is is feeling the same thing. And for me, it's like I need the same reminders that other people have these fears and have these doubts and we all struggle. You know, we all struggle with these same things. I love it. All right. So let's wrap up. Why don't you tell me Give me, could you give me a little bit of advice for maybe someone who's having a hard time setting boundaries? Where's a good place mm -hmm. to start with that? Oh, that's a good question. So I'm totally anti giving advice, but I will put it this way. Yeah. You have to honor your space, your time, and your energy. That is where boundaries lies. Space, time, energy. And if you feel off in any of those three things, those three key things, then build your boundaries. And when you build your boundaries, honor those boundaries. Because most because most of the time, I feel like we're the ones breaking the boundaries and overstepping, right, personally. Yes, people will overstep and they will try their luck, you know, with the whole crossing over into our boundaries. But a lot of times, specifically with friends and family, loved ones, we're quick to, to shatter our boundaries and um, that's something that needs to not be done. If you are setting boundaries, set them for a reason, set them with intention and and honor them. Boom. For someone who doesn't give advice, and I feel you on that notion, that's some pretty good. <laughs> I would take that advice at home, my friends. Awesome. Okay, so where can we find you? Where can we find your work? Okay, you can find me at alexl.com. All my social media links are there, but in case you want them here, um, alexl on, on Twitter, underscore A-L-E-X-E-L-L-E, alexl on Instagram, A-L-E-X underscore E-L-L-E, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find my events and workshops on alexl.com, and I also share a little bit of that on Instagram as well. So I look forward to connecting. And Dana, thank you so much for having me. Beautiful. Thanks for chatting with me. I love you so much. And I can't wait to see all of the amazing things that you do. Thank you. I love you too. Hi, friends. Dana here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Deep Dive. If you want more radical truth, make sure you subscribe. You can also keep up with me across social media at Dana Falsetti or visit my website, danafalsetti.com to find workshops, speaking engagements, or take an online class. See you next time.